Welcome. You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's message is a part of our sermon series, How Shall We Live? You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. What a fabulous day for us to be together and to worship together this morning. As you know, we are in our second week of our generosity season. We're looking at the sermon series Inside Out. Hopefully by now you have received a pledge card in the mail. If you have not gotten one, but you want to make sure you get one, let the church office know and we can make sure you get one. We would love for you to consider making a commitment for 2021. Without your generosity, it is impossible for us to do the important work and ministry that God has called us to do. You can do that by returning your pledge card. You can go online and make a commitment online. You can email the church, whatever way is most convenient for you. But we hope that you will join with us in doing the important work and ministry of Roswell Presbyterian Church. So this morning, we are continuing the sermon series, Inside Out. And as I was thinking about this sermon series and the important work of Roswell Presbyterian Church, I began thinking about how this is the first church position that I ever took after I graduated from seminary. I was ordained here in this very pulpit. And as far as I know, I'm the only person who graduated from seminary in my class who is still in their first call. Last month in September, I celebrated my 15th anniversary with Roswell Presbyterian Church. And when I realized that I would be preaching today, I decided to take advantage of this opportunity to reflect on my time here, to think about what it has meant. So my sermon today is an open letter to Roswell Presbyterian Church on the occasion of my 15th anniversary, hopefully, of course, looking forward to many more. Now, if you're wondering if a letter counts as a sermon, There's actually a long history and precedent of letter writing being a way of communicating a message from God. If we look at the New Testament, we can see that it's filled with letters written from Paul to various churches. So I thought it would be appropriate for us this morning to look at one of these letters that Paul wrote to one of the churches. We're going to look this morning at the book of Philippians. This is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, and the church in Philippi is one of my favorites. In the book of Acts, we read about several of Paul's missionary journeys, and on his second journey, he decides to travel through Europe. And as he is journeying through Europe, he stops in Macedonia, most specifically in Philippi. While he was there, he met a woman named Lydia, And not only did Lydia become the first convert to Christianity, but she began to host a church gathering in her home. And when Paul left to continue with his his journeys, he left Lydia to run the church and to care for the believers there in Philippi. So basically what I'm saying is that the church in Philippi had a female pastor. I love that about the church in Philippi. So later, Paul writes this letter to the Philippians. He writes it when he's in jail. We know that he's in jail. We don't know exactly where, but we suspect it's probably in Rome and that he's awaiting a trial. Perhaps he is suspicious that this trial will lead to his persecution and he is reflecting back on his life. But what we know is he is remembering with fondness this church in Philippi, 
So he sends them this letter to express his appreciation for the gifts that they've given him and to share his affection for the believers there. So what letter, of course, could be more appropriate for us to look at this morning as I reflect on my own fondness and appreciation for the Roswell Presbyterian Church? So as we look at the first chapter of the book of Philippians, let's go to God first in prayer. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for this day, for this time of worship, Lord, and for your word. God, we pray that you would be here as we read your word, as we hear your word, and as the word is proclaimed, Lord, and we pray that they would reflect who you are, that indeed your spirit would be moving, and that this interaction with you and with your word would be so powerful that we cannot walk away unchanged. In your holy name we pray, amen. So we're going to look at the first chapter of the book of Philippians. I'll start in verse 3 and read through verse 11. So I'd invite you to listen now for the word of the Lord. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness. How I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with the knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here then is my letter. Dear Roswell Presbyterian Church, Well, that doesn't seem like the best way to begin this letter. Let me try again. My dearest RPC family, 15 years ago, I was young. I had just graduated from seminary. I had been married for about a year and a half. We didn't have kids. We lived in a little apartment. I was more worried about acne than wrinkles back then. And it would still be a solid decade before I would see my first gray hair. The Roswell Presbyterian Church had just torn down a building that, as I understand it, was a moldy old carpeted gym and moldy classrooms. They were building a brand new education and fellowship building. Because the offices were included in that renovation project, I showed up on a summer day to interview to be the middle school director in the makeshift offices of the preschool hall. I don't know if any of you were around back then, but every single person on staff, it seemed to me, was well over six feet tall. So we all folded into the tiny little preschool child-sized chairs for my interview and tried not to bump our chins on our knees when we talked. I had already known a couple of the pastors, Louis and Emily. We had worked together at a church where I interned in seminary. But as I got to know the senior pastor and the other folks, I really liked them. I especially remember meeting the receptionist that day. 
I couldn't get over how much she smiled. It seemed like surely her face must hurt from smiling so much. Two weeks later, I accepted the job. Part of what drew me to this passage that we read this morning in the book of Philippians is where Paul says, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul was welcomed into Philippi with warmth and hospitality. As a matter of fact, Lydia hosted Paul and Timothy and Silas in her home as long as they stayed in Philippi doing their work, spreading the gospel. Paul developed a deep love for the people he met, and it was clear that the feeling was mutual. From the first day that I started here at the Roswell Presbyterian Church, I was welcomed with love and hospitality. Almost immediately, people in the church took me to lunch, sent me cards, called to see how things were going. There was a wonderful older man named Homer Turner. He gave me a cross that belonged to his late wife and a prayer book that he received from his army chaplain when he was in the service. I was overwhelmed with this congregation. I couldn't believe this place was my church home. My favorite day was my ordination service. Every moment was perfect. You all filled the sanctuary and my dad sang a song and my mom read scripture. My husband presented me with this stole. The middle school students of RPC led everyone in a prayer. So many of you surrounded me and for the laying on of hands. And afterwards we ate cake and you hugged me and you congratulated me. And you called me reverend. There are few days in my entire life that will compare to that one. And as I reflect on that day in the kind and thoughtful way that you all were willing to call me a pastor, I am overwhelmed and touched by your trust and faith in me, even from the first day. But Paul knows that the work of ministry, however, is not a one-day event. But instead, that God is always about the work of being involved. In our letter this morning, Paul says to the Philippians, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is affirming for us that God continues to be involved that the God who creates, that gives us these good things, that that God continues to be at work creating and recreating, molding and shaping each of us. Paul reminds us that the work of faith is a journey. I am grateful that you always have remembered that this faith is a journey that we take together. Some of the steps on our journey are smooth and delightful and easy. But sometimes the path is rocky or just a little more difficult. And there have been times when we have not necessarily agreed with one another, times that we have been frustrated or maybe you have even been disappointed with me. But always you have constantly acknowledged that God continues to be at work and we move down that path of faith together. I am more than willing to admit that there are times that I'm just making things up as I go. Early on, there was a day of the week, and I was the only pastor who happened to be in the office that day. When a call came in, a church member had died, and her husband, named Blake, had Alzheimer's and lived in a care facility. Someone needed to go tell Blake. 
Well, I was the pastor in the office, so that became my job. And, and so I went to see Blake, and we had this sweet and sorrowful time together. I met him, and we laughed, and we chatted, and, and we were having a lovely conversation. And then I had to tell him what happened. And we cried, and we grieved together. Eventually, we started chatting again and laughing, and he asked me, why are you here again? And I had to tell him all over again. And we cried, and we grieved again. The following Sunday, some faithful church members brought Blake to the 815 service in the historic sanctuary so that he could be there as the church presented a rose in memory of his wife. It just so happened I was preaching that Sunday. The rose was in a bud vase on the pulpit, and at the end of the service, it was time for me to do the benediction, and I spread my arms all big and dramatic, because everybody knows a benediction is better when your arms are big and dramatic, and, and so I flung my arms out to maximum reach, and the giant sleeve of my robe knocked the vase, and the whole thing, the vase, the rose, everything went flying and crashing to the ground. I looked up, panicked and said the first thing that came to my mind, don't tell the senior pastor. <laughs> Sweet Blake laughed and hugged me after the service because he wasn't mad that I'm just not always that good at being a pastor. When Paul wrote his letter to the dear Philippians, he says, you hold me in your heart for all of you share in God's grace with me. I can't think of anyone who has done a better job holding others in their hearts than you have. I have never shared in God's grace with anyone the way I have shared in it with you. The days that I have stood here at this baptismal font with each of my sons, you declared vows of loving my children and walking alongside of them as their faith develops. And how faithful you have been. You have done the church things that you felt like you should do. You taught them Sunday school, even when they wrote potty jokes on their Sunday school papers. You went on mission trips with them, even though the whole week in that hot June sun, they didn't wear any deodorant. But you also did things that were more than I could have ever asked or imagined. You've attended their sports games, their birthday parties. You sat with them in the midst of their anxiety attacks. You have advocated for them and taught me how to advocate for them. You continue to tell me that you see God at work in them. You have been a parent to my children when Scott and I had no idea what to give them. Not everyone gets to have a family like you, but I'm grateful that we do. I love doing this life and faith with you. I am humbled and honored by the way you have invited me into your lives. I'm so grateful to celebrate baptisms and confirmations and weddings. We have wrestled together with divorce, grieved over the death of our loved ones. We have feasted together for Thanksgiving and Christmas and birthdays and Easter and any occasion that we can come up with to eat together. We have had hard conversations. We have held hands and said goodbye to people we did not want to say goodbye to. We have shouted our curses at diseases like cancer or dementia. There have been moments when we have seen the deepest pits of hell as we have grieved terrible tragedies together. And through it all, 
You have held on tight through the changes of the seasons. Five or so years ago, when RPC was looking for a new senior pastor, the search committee committee had narrowed it down to a candidate they really liked. It was still super confidential at the time, but secretly one afternoon, a member of the search committee called to see what I might know about this candidate. Certainly, I had known Jeff. He was serving at a church just down the road. I had known him for a couple years. And so the person asked me, what did I know and how would I feel about working with them? And I said, that was so sweet that the person had called me. And the good news is I really like Jeff. I have a lot of respect for him, but, but please know that the committee doesn't need my approval or buy-in. Oh, I know, the person said. I just, I just wanted your input, the person said, because, well, I guess because, well, I guess I'm just trying to say I love you. I am honored and humbled to be so loved. And so I think what I am trying to say this morning with this letter is my dear RPC family, I love you. One of my favorite verses in the Philippians passage that we read this morning is verse 8, and it says this, For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. The Greek word for long literally means to pursue with love, and the Greek word for compassion literally means bowels or guts. It's similar to when we talk about being able to feel something in our gut, or or when we feel so intensely, we love so intensely that we can literally feel it in our insides. This verse is perfect because, friends, I love you so much that I can literally feel it in my gut. So when Jeff told me that our generosity sermon series this year was going to be called Inside Out and that we would be celebrating the ministry that happens inside these walls and how it builds people up and calls people to go and do the work of God in the world, I thought about you. I thought about the amazing work and ministry that you do the way that you build people up, the way that your faith and God and trust in God is so strong that you are changing lives. And I thought about how my life is one of those lives, that my family, that we're just one of the ways that you have impacted so many. There are literally thousands of people all over the world who know Jesus and the love and grace of Jesus Christ because of the work that you do. I am grateful that this is a place where you trust God. That this is a place where you offer up your gifts and you watch and marvel and delight in the power of God's faithfulness. I am grateful this is a place where you treasure the fact that God has blessed you and you take seriously the call to bless others. I am grateful that you give so freely and generously. As I spent the last few weeks reflecting on the last 15 years, certainly I remembered lots of funny stories, like the time I forgot the words to the Lord's Prayer during a children's moment and I just kept making up new words. But mostly, I remembered the hundreds of stories and names and details of the ways that God has used the members of this congregation to change lives. There is so much I could say and so much that I can thank you for. But mostly what I will say this morning 
is thank you for not being done. Thank you for continuing to give and serve and care. And not just the ways that you have cared for and served me, but for the, t- but for the fact that you continue to answer your phone, even when the phone screen tells you it's that person from church that always calls to ask you to volunteer for something else. Thank you for not ducking around the corner when you see the chair of the VBS planning committee or the chair of the elder nominating committee coming your way. Thank you for having so much faith that you are submitting a pledge for 2021 and the checks that you write for the offering plate. Thank you for not being done, for being committed to the work of Jesus Christ. So this morning, not just for my own self, but on behalf of hundreds of people all around Roswell, North Fulton, East Cobb, across the whole state of Georgia, the people in Mexico, Kenya, Guatemala, so many places all around the world, I want to thank you and praise God for you and tell you that God has surely used you to be a blessing. My dear family, I do indeed thank my God every time I remember you. So here's to 15 more years together, building up and sending out and knowing that God goes with us every step of the way. Sincerely yours, Lindsay. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks that you continue to be at work in ways that are bigger than we can ever possibly imagine. God, that you write these amazing stories that we get to be a part of, Lord, and that you continue to walk with us through these times. So God, give us enough faith to be bold as we continue on, Lord, to do the work and ministry that you call us to do. God, be with us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.